we'll just we'll just kind of roll into it. All right. Um, but it, this one's going now, so just just hit whenever. I'll figure out how to splice it later. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's good. You got some topics, Hobbs, because I kind of I, <laughs> I don't have too many. But this, uh, yeah, the Lola thing. Wait, what? What? What, what brought that to mind? Oh no. Uh, I'm just I'm on the anime. Anime needs to end. We need to put a stop to anime. Uh, Let's go. That's a great topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm known to evangelize for anime in a in C O H is anime, right? You were in fact in my replies when I uh, was talking shit about anime. You were in my replies doing some white knight shit for anime. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, I kind of reflected on it and I realized anime is done. They made all the good ones. Uh, They don't need to make anymore. They're not making good ones anymore. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just devolves into just like complete, just like debauchery. Here, I'm gonna uh, pull up. It's pretty up. terrible. I'll, I'll like find a, a picture to, <laughs> to talk about this comparison. Coh posting like mad pictures of anime girls and just like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's like these like girls that are like they look mad. Their young. eyes are like their eyes are their too big, head. bro. And that's like babies have big eyes and shit, bro. Kids got big eyes. That's like a specific thing that like it's meant to like that's just how babies and young things are made and so when you're like reflecting that into your grown women drawings and you're hypersexualizing them and you're also infantilizing them at the same time that's fucking sick well you're uh, being racist you're being racist because asian people look like babies so you know what i mean no you have to factor that in, bro. no i think it's not even it's true more like uh it's more like the way that they do it nowadays because i mean they make the eyes big on on every cartoon character yeah yeah but it's just different like what? no yeah because it's um uh shoot i don't want to use that picture Whew, my own um <laughs> <laughs> you know that's gotta be some sicko shit all right here we go hentai. So we, what's the line between anime and hentai it's, it's a thin line there is no line uh, well, that's no, what i'm so, telling so, you hentai literally just means like if it's if it's horny or if it's perverse uh but if so the it's anime just like is, any, is, is hot then what's the difference yeah if, it, if it's a they call it a hentai anime no matter what uh is because they're all horny and disgusting nowadays mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, apparently there's a link between anime and uh, child inter- childhood interest in anime and trans and adult transgenderism. Uh, that's not that's, surprising at all. That's just the that's the autism connection. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm not that's the getting too invested in false realities. So I'm at Slaboy T. Alright, this is uh, shit's powder 37. This is black.com pilled. This is the Fed Post. We should talk about something that Egg God uh, brought up earlier today, which is uh, oh, yeah. talking about the classics and reading oh, and literacy yes. in in schools. Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, yes. kids are kids are making it to the university, or making it through a whole university education without reading the Bible once in their life, mm-hmm. without reading like any books since they were like ten. Honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of this, the Egg God thesis, was. Uh, that they're not allowed to read what they want to read. Uh, yeah. You want to expand on that a little bit? Oh, me? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I saw a, a really, you know, one of those like left accounts that tweets that like retweets the, like, you know, those Patrick lunch enjoyer type people, um, you know, those accounts, Yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. So he tweeted something about how, um, I wish I could bring it up. Hobbs, if you want to try to find it, uh, but oh shoot dude i should have bookmarked i'm sorry it's okay um <laughs> we, we can go in the chat uh let me just check real quick yeah he tweeted something about how um like oh if if it was so stupid it was like if you are a teacher and you teach a fully young adult curriculum to middle or high school students that's like the intellectual equivalent of telling students to go out and smoke like go smoke a cigarette and hang oh, out in the right, parking right. lot for an hour right. and i was just that like, would be better for them honestly yeah <laughs> Go outside, yeah. smoke a cigarette, because they'll they'll talk about us. That'd be better because they exactly. Need to yeah, it was, it was like he was wrong from both fields because he's like disparaging the necessity of like free communication among people, but also saying that like there's no intellectual stimulation to be found in young adult literature. Which, if any of you have read like S. E. Hinton, like mm-hmm. Rumblefish, um, The Outsiders, text yeah. those, those are all that shit. Those are awesome yeah. books, and you know. My, my dad is he, he he's retired now but he's a middle school english teacher and like i learned to love to read because i would read the books that he would assign his students and like um so it's like i don't know like what do you what do you want to do yeah, like i've seen just, that too what's that no, sorry what were you gonna say no, no go on uh no yeah, yeah i've seen that like the the like uh catcher in the rye that's kind of a recent discourse thing it's like oh catcher in the rye is like a uh, incel toxic right wing book or something <laughs> like, well band book list yeah yeah like burn <laughs> people that just shit. people are just like the only things that go viral are complaints about like books that everybody had to read in high school because mm-hmm. it's like the five books that everybody reads and right? that's yeah, so, like, people ever read. Rye, it's so boring uh oh 1984 uh i personally think what, what you else, should read all read? these things but um, I, I think i think you should read them I yeah think that, like, i like reading them. the classics is important right but yeah. like uh kids have to like reading first like yeah, you have to get them there yeah 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 exactly um, like when like, i when i was when i was a youngster i was reading like shitty youth uh uh literature shitty like crap pulpy youth literature which is fine yeah, yeah. a little john green action. i like uh i liked rl stein not goosebumps but his like more scary um like young adult novels which was always like two hot chicks uh pick up <laughs> some pick up some uh hunk of a dude and they're like and then he's like a mentor <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> i don't know though like um because i know that some schools already do this where they'll like uh you know they'll assign people like hunger games and and oh, shit yeah, like dude. that but like yeah. um, i don't know i i don't see that helping i think it's making people more retarded and also just feeding their their need to have whatever the fuck they want like you should be forced to read a book and you should be graded on the fact whether you can read it or not i i true because like i read all that shit i uh, granted i'm a granted i'm a big old art fag but um, I read what was assigned to me, and then I got into stuff on my own. I, I still, I, I'm, I have a master's degree, and yet I still feel what, mostly self-educated because I, I found the stuff that I liked on my own. Uh, but I'm, I really don't think decentralizing literary programs is. I don't know if that would help that much. I think I think we're too easy on kids as it is. I'm I'm kind of a reactionary on this issue. 
I, I think I, stuff like accelerator reading, where like you go in, you do all this like AR testing shit that's usually on the computer, and then it tells you like what your reading level is. Yeah. Um, and then they tell you a lot of schools you can only read under what your reading level is, like yeah. at or under. I think that type of stuff is harmful. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think that ultimately some people uh, maybe don't perform on those tests as well as like where their let their brain is at reading wise or like if they're interested in something that's a little bit more advanced maybe you should let them poke their nose in if, if that's something they're actually interested in because sometimes their retention can come from interest um so like if you're not interested in something at all you're going to just run through it and maybe you're not you're not going to pick up as much of it um, now like that's a skill to have still you need to have that to be able to go through and you know figure out what's important information and, and understand and contextualize the text even if it's something that's not fun for you um but at the same time when it's like these accelerated reading programs are used for kids like uh, personal readings for like their homework. So usually it's like you can read five books this year of your choice, but they need to be under your AR level. Um, I think that stuff can be hindering because I think it's not like if you want to go out and read like Gulliver's Travels or something and that's not under your AR level, then I think you should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that like we should just be like, yeah, kids can actually just read whatever they want. And I think there's a lot of a lot of utility to reading the classics and like the Western canon. Uh, because it helps you understand like how we got to here collectively as a human consciousness. Like those are important works that help to influence and build the human consciousness in the West to here and to this point. And I think it's important to be able to grapple with those things to try to understand how that how they played into it and how the representations of it at different times throughout history. Yeah, my um, my my thing with reading the classics and uh, like forcing kids to read certain things in school is essentially like you need to have a vernacular for everyone. Everybody needs to have the same to to some extent. Everybody needs to have the same uh, works that they're familiar with. Uh, it, like it it is kind of a joke when uh, you get the Catcher in the Rye uh, viral tweet. Uh, Ooh, this is toxic masculinity, or this is incel. <laughs> Um, but the fact that everybody knows what that is, mm -hmm. is that's huge. It's huge. That, that's like, that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, that's the whole I, formula that you just, you just find some normie shit and you'd be like, Oh, this is actually, uh, uh, the pipeline to crypto fascism. That's all you got to yeah. do. Anything normal, anything yeah. like you played kickball so, as a kid, you're a crypto fascist or whatever. But like, like, you know, well, establishing yeah, but, those things as norms in the first place is important to a degree because there's a unifying factor in that. Like if everyone can pull in their brain that they exactly. all read this thing back then at the same age, you around the same time, they can be like, Oh, yeah, that's an experience that we all collectively yeah. had. That's not an experience yeah. that was subjective to me entirely. I mean, now, I there, there's a subjective experience there, but it's not entirely subjective. It's crazy. So I guess what I'm trying to, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what, I, what I was trying to get to is, um, like, obviously, uh, Egg God teaches at the collegiate level, right? He's teaching undergraduates who are coming into the university courses, university English courses, functionally illiterate, um, like. Uh, I, I don't know. Practically, obviously, retarded. like I, I think, I think probably all of us were the kind of kids who were reading books on our own outside of school when we were in like grade school, like third or fourth grade, um, like so that we were actually reading the books that we were assigned in high school. Because a lot of people actually didn't read those books, and they just don't do they don't do any assigned readings like their entire lives. Um, mm -hmm. So like right, when right, that was me to be, I'll be I'll be honest that was me I I, I, skipped <laughs> I mean in high school and like, shit I didn't read shit dude I was fucking up I was like just doing my own thing doing drugs and shit hanging out with friends I, I was not reading shit but once I got out of high school and on college I was like 
living on my own for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually dive back into some of the classics that we were supposed to read. And I never actually fully like ingested. Uh, and so I went and got like a couple of like U.S. history or U.S. Uh, literature from like 1728 to 19, whatever the fuck, and read like a bunch of the classics and then got like, you know, I got the Catcher in the Rye and this, that, and the other. Because um, I knew that was something I missed out on, and it was something I felt like was important to actually uh, engage in. I just didn't know it at the time in high school, uh, and gotcha. I was just too, uh, just a little bit too fuck that stuff uh, to even actually I was think too about lazy. it. I'd be, I'd be reading some other shit that I liked, like Asimov or fuck, just other shit that I philosophy or whatever. Something that I found personally interesting, but although something about it being. Uh, uh, assigned for school the way the way they present literature is that it's so important but like you know what got me into reading was the fact that like uh, all my favorite writers are like weirdo edgelords um you know who who had something to say about mm-hmm. the alienation they felt against society like but that's you know that See, when I look at something like, I mean, I, I totally get hating something like Henry David Thoreau. I hate that libtard myself. I love I Henry David Thoreau, Oh, bro. man. <laughs> but, um, but something like Catcher in the Rye, I would feel like that should be a book that, I mean, it's very easy to like that book. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, it's like a YA edgelord novel. There's fucking a hooker in it. Uh, there's this fucked up kid running around New York. It seems like that should be one. I, I, I mean, the reason they make us read that book so young is it's supposed to give us that, like, oh, books are cool. But I, I do think, um, I don't. I think we're contending more with just like than literary programs now, which is kids are, you know, they got phones by the time they're five years yeah. old, and their brains are fucking fully retarded by the mm-hmm. time they're thirteen. I mean, yeah, yeah your attention span's shot by then. That's, that's, that's the thing. biggest thing that the what I do, like, I, I when I teach, I don't dumb down the things I share, but I share short, like very short essays and articles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, I'm like, look, this is going to take you 15 minutes, but like read it three times, you know, like I'm not mm-hmm. giving you a book because all of them, like when I, you know, I write on the board, like when we do our introductions, I'm like, tell me how much you like reading one to 10 scale of one to 10. Tell me how much you like writing. And a lot of them just like, they just don't, they don't read. Um, yeah. You know, they've figured out how to game the system in high school you know, we all of us weren't there that long ago. Like, you know, it's just easy as hell to just like cheat off your friends uh, during lunch and not really read the book. Um, yeah. But yeah. You should, uh, but then- you should, um, you should make them read my sub stack. <laughs> <laughs> you should, uh- <laughs> oh my God. I'll come yeah. talk to the class, be like, yo, this is why you got to love reading. This yo, but guy- like, you- I know it's like a joke, but like it presents an interesting problem because when you actually try to get them to engage with like, critical thinking or like like notes on like propaganda and stuff you know yeah. like they don't have the necessary faculties there to be able to like understand the world and be like critical and cynical about it because that would be an impediment to people like buying dumb shit and participating in like the consumer culture so right they're like getting kids to like not actually read the books like i i'm yep. kind of conspiratorial in the sense that i think the reason why like really like interesting and fun and based books like aren't um available to kids like in the classrooms is because like the u.s doesn't want a literate society like they don't want that like public education is like one of the last pillars of like the liberal tradition and if they could privatize it they would tomorrow absolutely i mean look at france like 
France took fucking like uh, less than an hour for them announcing vaccine mandates for them to take to the fucking streets because they have like a they have a proud history of resistance. They have the the history of the Jacobins, not Jacobin magazine, but the French Revolution. Yeah. And they're proud of their art. They're proud of their culture. They're proud of their critical stance towards society. Americans just sit around with their thumbs up their ass, willing to fucking accept whatever retard idea they're like, that's, what's kind of crazy to me now is I feel like the faculties and people's brains have been so disintegrated by, by uh, information warfare that you can literally just like send out a message and get them to think whatever the fuck you want them to think like that very day. Like people decide in mass that they believe some new weird shit like almost every single day. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Part of the deluge and all that, and like, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think, I think, like, as far as the curriculum, like the standardized curriculum, like outsiders and all this stuff that I was assigned to read or whatever, like, it, it, they're good. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say that they're bad. I'm not just gonna shit on them for be edgy or make a take or hot take or whatever. But like, I do think they are safe. I think there's, I think there's like they've. That's the parameters thing. They set parameters for it to be like not that thought provoking and like right. you know and like like Vonnegut or whatever. Like Vonnegut's not gonna be like you know what I mean. That shit mm-hmm. fucking flipped my head and that's just not. But I mean, I yeah. I, as far as the shallow like understanding thing, like I think that's a big thing. Like I remember reading some article about like how everybody's got like wider knowledge but more superficial, you know. And that just that's like, you're yeah you're the perfect subject. Everything you know you see that on the timeline. You know you look at somebody who's like who's got a big account or whatever, who's known for, like, uh, cutting takes or whatever. And it's all just service level, just glossing over. Like, you know, they look at something, they probably didn't think more than two seconds about it. They say something that sounds good, and it's about it. And, you know, nobody's really, like, everybody says the same shit. It's it's all, it's like thin, thin veneer. That's why they're popular, because, like, everybody else agrees, too, that, like, you don't need more than a surface level understanding, you know? Like, I always find myself getting really frustrated at, like, the 10K-plus accounts, and I'm like, how are these people so popular? And I'm like, oh yeah, because like, because um, everyone's like them. Like everyone is yeah. part of everyone's part of like the everyone's like a Heideggerian they, you know, like just part of the the id. And yeah, it's like very, it's very hard to be a self. Well, like, yeah. Well, main... I got more. I got more retarded. That's how I got past 10k. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta dumb this shit. Yeah. I gotta go fucking stupid. Sure, okay, I don't, I don't group you in with them, you know. <laughs> no, I know I'm playing. <laughs> and there's just no, uh, there's no industry at all anymore for interesting fiction or even interesting writing at all yeah i mean like there is i mean on a very very small underground level there's still some i mean egg definitely you know this there's still some like amazing fucking writers but um like i got a book coming out on september 30th and i know that I'll probably be able to sell like a thousand copies to my homies like you guys or the people in our sphere or whatever. But I know for fucking sure that it's not going to be able to find a mainstream audience on one level that's liberating because I know what I'm working with and that allows me to say whatever the fuck I want to say. But at the end of the day, like it is kind of depressing. Like there will never be a Thomas Pynchon or a Cormac McCarthy or David Foster Wallace or any of these guys probably ever again. Ever. I mean, like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, um, that's a like, great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's just not going to happen. Like our popular writers now are like Roxanne Gay. Roxanne Gay, for instance. Oh, my God. This bitch is treated like an infallible goddess of literature. She wrote this like thing. I don't know how I read it, but it was about her getting gang raped. And somehow 
she turned an essay about her gang rape. She made it boring. How does like a subject like getting gang raped? She even has this one piece of language in there where it says she's like, she's describing getting gang raped when she's a kid, right? So it's supposed to be extreme as all hell. But she just says, they were ripping my clothes off and punching me. It was uncomfortable as all hell. Uncomfortable? How, yeah, I would think getting hell. gang raped is worse than uncomfortable. But, oh, wow. I mean, she, to- she's, she performs a p- propaganda role and the, she's rewarded um, for it. The, the, the phrase, as all hell, just reeks of that sort of uh, unfuck yourself, uh, <laughs> like how to be a total badass. Oh my God. Et cetera, yeah, totally. et cetera, like self help. Uh, the, the, these things that sell really well nowadays, uh, where it's uh, sort of, they're, they're like pretend vulgarity but it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's like actually vulgar. it's like, like sanitized, yeah, vulgarity. sanitized vulgarity is what it is. yeah <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah they do really this with everything it. like music music movies things that get yep. standardized and it's just easier to sell it's easier to like market it's easier to, like all right we know what this is nobody gets make that it, like mind blown by it but it's, it's you, you make it's it uh, you make it edgy mm-hmm. you make yeah. it uh edgy without being edgy you make it so that people can feel like oh i'm uh I'm bucking the system. I'm not a. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not an uptight wasp. Uh, yeah, like, like the Joker like movie. And, thing yeah. is, like you make once you make everything provocative and edgy, nothing. Nothing is is actually exactly. provocative and edgy. Mm-hmm. So, like, if somebody ha- like you know, there, if there is going to be actual substance behind something provocative and edgy, like the average person wouldn't be able to like 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 reading like Holbeck or something. Like that's like he's a provocative and edgy writer, but like you can get that almost anywhere else. From like somebody re- like people reading these. Um, well, Welbeck has real philosophical rigor too. I mean, right. he's, he's probably not even on the radar of like people who just they see well, a He's, he's book really and- the last one, the last great. I mean, I really think he's like the last great literary art, audit, artist who has an audience. You know, sure. I, uh, even then, it's tiny. The last like, yeah, thing about yeah, the yeah. I mean, to... but he's he's definitely got an audience, and he's certainly still a celebrity in France. But like I said, France still has a slightly different culture than us, and a way that they interact with their culture. They're I think like I us. would even, um, I think I might even disagree about the Joker because I think that movie did do something interesting, which is like in sort well, of. To the, be fair, I haven't I haven't seen it. I'll just, oh, I'll okay. just say I haven't seen it. So I'm talking okay. out my ass, but yeah. <laughs> but um, almost in like a Guy Debord society of the spectacle sense it it somehow was able to use the most mass market um style of the like the the superhero comic book kind of film and actually create something rather interesting which is an artistic tactic that i do admire if you can pull it off um which is like here's this joker movie everyone's gonna go see it but then in that you actually make some kind of provocative insightful uh, critiques of the world yeah. but whatever you know yeah, you gotta I feel like a in. better example of that crk would be like the fucking suicide squad yeah, and their yeah, joker yeah. and shit where it's like look these guys are crazy and they're like <laughs> deviants look at the way they dress and wear their hair right. but it's like these people right. are like it's nothing there's no substance there at all and i think that's like what a lot of like i think that's how capitalism just like kind of sinks its claws into commodifying art and it's that like it takes the things that draw people to art, the powerful things that have substance, and it takes away the value of like 
putting substance to it. And it says only what is the device used to elicit a response here um, that draws attention to the substance, but it, it foregoes the substance at all. So then it just becomes a bunch of devices. Right. Um, it's just like a whole collection of devices used in the, if that's in art or if it's in, you know, film media. Yeah, you can yeah, see it a lot yeah. with Netflix originals. Like they're like, right. oh, they uh, they did this one thing that sold really well in like 40 million movies, um, but they didn't actually do it with any substance. And then but they put two faces on it. They're going to sell really well. It's all algorithmic bullshit where yeah, they're just taking the. The creativity out of it yeah better examples like the hassan video or like these aoc yeah. videos where they're like saying a lot of like some, like edgy shit but yeah. it's really not anything or, you know uh, I mean? Bausch, yeah. right Bausch kind of does that but um yeah. no i think not to get all mark soited and libtarded or whatever but i recently was reading an essay uh by trotsky trotsky had some insightful things to say about art and the essay was about social realism which trotsky actually rejected um he said social realism just shows you society and therefore sort of validates that that's how it should be whereas art is supposed to express alienation specifically like art in class society at its best is a representation of alienation i think what happens now is that art is not at all an expression of alienation or a critique of alienation, but a dilution of alienation. It's all mass market entertainment designed yep. to keep us stupid with our thumbs up our ass, uh, unthinking, uncritical. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. I feel, I feel like Adorno had to say about culture. It's just totally flattened out. And yeah. Yep. It's the gang rape scene you're talking about where the, the nuances just flatten. You know what I mean? All you can yeah. do is like upvote or downvote. And you might upvote something that's really, you might downvote something that's really horrendous or something you mildly dislike and it's all flattened. There's, yeah. no, there's no nuance. And, yeah. The other thing too of that, uh, that like uh, spectacle, like edginess or whatever, like you remember the Black Panthers thing? I just remembered like uh, oh, yeah. when they had those, like the, the actual Black Panthers are, are in the streets. Like, oh my God. <laughs> And then you find out they're like actors or whatever, and they're like mad good looking. They're like, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Like the <laughs> that's like, of like that's some like true Baudrillard shit. Like, yeah, that was, that was amazing to witness because I was like, okay, like this looks like pretty like affected. Like it was very, you know, they were yeah. they're a little too like they look like they're acting. But the problem is that yeah. nobody can see through that because everyone's acting because everyone just gets their ideas about how to be a human from television. Mm -hmm. So like <laughs> yeah. nobody nobody can see through any of these psyops anyway. Because everyone's yeah. everyone's their own TV character. It's like it's really absurd. <laughs> well, Bro, great. I love what you said about COVID, where you're like, COVID is the first TV disease. Like it, it really is. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. like it, the problem is that nobody draws any parallels between COVID and like um, the the first Gulf War, which is the first like 24 hour televised war that like mm. basically just glued everyone to like TV. Like nobody like can think of it. Like even people who are alive can't remember a time when like you weren't just inundated with headlines forever and it's just like yeah covid is really you know everybody a lot of people give me shit on that they're like oh what about aids like aids is on the tv and i was like covid is like like covid's like a like like you're basically it's, only it's, a, it's a main character in your life you know yeah it's the only yeah. thing on tv yeah i mean yeah. it's such yeah. a strong thing on tv that it's led to people shaping their entire fucking identities around that like they do uh like some twilight character or something back a decade ago Right. Like now yeah, it's like vaxxed or unvaxxed is like the new like oh whatever God. the fuck. Uh, yeah, who are the characters in that? I don't even know. Edward. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a cliche point too, but like our fucking president, last president was a fucking TV show host. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think uh, one thing that Adam was talking about of like uh, like uh, like kind of like putting a cap on and limiting like uh, like anything new or sort of innovative is like I remember like somebody I think it was a uh, Cassidy Baby Baudrillard was like putting that uh, Alan Savory. I just looked it up. Alan Savory is a psychologist, and he was talking about like peer reviewed shit and like how stupidity is becoming like this like standardized norm like they're systematically pushing stupidity because like it has to be peer reviewed and in that there's like a closed loop and everything that was sort of a major breakthrough in society was something that was outside of the agreed scientific norm or academic norm or whatever that's the only way that should happen is somebody yeah. being like you know being like you know a galileo or whatever being like no this is, this is all wrong from scratch and they yeah. just don't allow and they're, they're they're shutting it out more and more with like the peer reviewed and like all, all their stuff like it's, it's becoming harder and harder for that to, to like blossom or anything like that anything remotely close to that that's a yeah. good point yeah there's Crazy. like no acceptance of ideas that don't come from outside of the academy like people yep. just like outsource their understanding of things to like super credentialed experts yeah. Um, yeah. And exactly. And I'm a real big defense. Like, you know, <laughs> one of one of the things my hater loves to throw my way is that I'm a pseudo intellectual, but <laughs> I totally am. Um, and I actually think a lot it's of a great ideas come out of pseudo intellectualism. And like some of my favorite artists and thinkers were total sues, whether it's like Colin Wilson, Baudrillard. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think a good example of this sort of devolution that has happened over the last say 25 years because postmodernism was kind of the end of interesting art and things being made of a certain that actually had some like a critique of what was happening in the society against it is this upcoming sopranos film and the the, the sopranos (laughs) film is written by david chase so it's the original artist who made what is arguably probably the last great work of mass market art. And they, they, okay. So the Sopranos had this authenticity with this very Italian cast, very like working class looking actors. And then they take the, they take this seek this prequel film and they're telling us that somehow Corey Stoll, who's not only a good looking guy, but like six foot six, somehow ages into fucking Dominic Canizzi as Uncle Junior, or that Tony's guinea fucking father uh, is somehow looks like John Bernthal, who played the fucking Punisher. So there's literally nothing, not even something as The Sopranos, which is like such a, the last big cultural touchstone that they won't pervert and try and squeeze as much fucking juice out of as they can. And if that's going to be... And if you have to, if you're making a Sopranos movie, which is going to be a hit regardless, and you still have to fluff it the fuck up with a bunch of goddamn leading men and like fucking himbos to sell it, then you're probably fucked and the industry's dead. Yeah, I'm actually rewatching Sopranos now because my girl's never seen it, so we're we're doing a re rewatch. And uh, but yeah, that that movie, I, I I was I was wondering like if if it was gonna suck because I'm just like my my go to impression is that every movie that comes out now is going to suck. It's just that's just my default assumption. It's all <laughs> Definitely American movies for sure. Right. I've yeah, seen yeah, some interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Europeans still take their. I mean, actually, Mexican cinema right now, for whatever reason, it's like cartel oh, really? funded. They're trying to be really serious. 
there's a couple Mexican oh. filmmakers, Carlos Regatas and um, Amat Escalante, who are incredibly, these guys are making amazing fucking movies. Uh, Polish, Poland has a good scene right now for movies. France will always be what it is. But American uh, entertainment is just whole, I mean, think about it like this. Uh, the fucking Dune movie that's coming out is a $220 million movie, and it's going straight to HBO Max. Dude, I was about to <laughs> ask right. about Dune. That was one of the things I had written down for today, actually. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you brought up the Sopranos movie, which is a actually better example of what I was thinking about, which is, uh, yeah, these sort of rehashes, revisits, uh, the... Um, Egg God and I had talked for a second about uh, the Lindy Man uh, and <laughs> his sort of concepts. That's and this is, uh, we're, we're talking about <laughs> refinement culture, <laughs> but uh, this one is actually the um, uh, culture culture being stuck. That we're stuck repeating things from yep. like the yep. '90s, early aughts, uh, and earlier. So yep. what's what's going on? What's going on the with reboots. that? Adam? Yeah, the reboot phenomenon. Like yeah, what's, again, yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's a standardizing oh, thing. That's kind of there, the, there uh, were reboots before, right? Because uh, of course, there's always reboots, but now, but they they lean on it. They they they're dependent on it. And like yeah, Lindy Man, who, who recently blocked me because I I've been talking shit about him for a while. I'm surprised that he he's hasn't blocked me before. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah, that 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 I don't know anything about him. I really don't give a shit to know anything about him. I it's, I don't it's not interesting. It's like J- Jordan B. Peterson to me. It's like yeah man this is like some service level shit I'm, just, yeah. just look at I'm, who I'm likes not to figure out about him clean your room yeah, buckle <laughs> yeah all the lamest corniest fucking irony libs uh leftists love him like yeah I, there's nothing i need to see there but like yeah go for a walk it's like fucking revel yeah exactly like it's a reboot it's a reboot of like yeah it's fucking basic ass shit but like yeah yeah it's standard everything is standardized there's nothing there's nothing new anymore oh yeah coh said are we talking huntal yeah i mean i I didn't want to cite mark fisher because he's been like recuperated by the most annoying fucking leftists on instagram and they've kind of made his ideas sort of cringe but of course fisher isn't my favorite version of this yeah, but I mean, like, the hauntology thing is definitely true. There's no, I mean, um, think, well, like, think about, uh, I think Hollywood's a good, like, example of this, which is in the 70s, there was this real kind of post-68 uh, enthusiasm for new ideas. So rich producers were coming in and just fucking throwing money at, you know, people like Coppola and Kubrick and Michael Cimino, etc., and basically saying, do whatever the fuck you want. For whatever reason, business briefly took uh, the second priority over um, making interesting cinema. That basically changed with two things. First, Cimino, Michael Cimino, who had huge, had huge success prior uh, with The Deer Hunter, then made um, Heaven's Gate. Uh, which is still a pretty good movie, but it bankrupted the studio um, because he went so over budget. And then Jaws happened. So like Jaws and Jaws is still kind of like Jaws looks like an art film compared to the crap that they make now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it showed that studios could, you know, maximize profit by having certain marketable concepts. Um, And now we're just it's just marketable concepts. There's uh, there's no reason to take a risk on a concept that might blow, you know, $50 million if 
you already, if you still have people going to see the same fucking bullshit Avengers, whatever, over and over and over. And if that's just like kind of the ideology of an industry, which is that we don't even exist to make anything interesting, we exist as a profit-making entity, then you're going to be in this sort of a, what Mr. Libtard Mark Fisher called, <laughs> the late Libtard Mark Fisher called uh, a temporal loop or a hauntological mm-hmm. sort of art. Mm-hmm. And like when, I don't know, I think that there's a lot of stuff to be said that like there's people who are being told in all their media that they're consuming that the world is going to end in 20 years and that they're, right. everything's so bleak around them. There's no future to look forward to. There's no way to imagine a different reality than what we're stuck in now. People get so, they're bewildered and they're almost kind of like, like children it's 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 an it's a infantilizing of our culture essentially where it's like people are so uncomfortable and so uncertain about everything that's going on ahead of them that they'd rather just delve back into what's comfortable right so you can see this even on fucking commercials like i I watch like espn and stuff to watch sports so i've been catching some commercials recently for the first time in a while and like they're replaying oh, commercials from like 2008 and shit, bro. Like they're they're like bringing back the Geico cavemen and just literally just like playing the same fucking commercials oh, from back God. then. And then even in some of them, they'll be like, they'll admit, they'll say like a Liberty Mutual commercials. Like studies show that nostalgia nostalgia sells. Blah 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 blah. In the fucking commercial, dude. In the commercial, <laughs> it makes me want to kill myself. I'm Bro. sick of the fucking nostalgia. I want something new. Fuck I, nostalgia. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, they just want to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, it's, I was about to, I was about to say too, because yeah, I was about to say the nostalgia thing, because like that's this, and this is sort of like a right toward thing, but like yeah, I, I, I do get that same feeling of like coping with how bad things are, of just mm-hmm. like just looking backwards. It's like yeah. nah, man. Like that's that's you you know depressed people like certain depressed people you've met or like who are in a bad part of their life and all they can do is talk about the good old days. Mm-hmm. All they can talk about is that shit. And you know, it's just coping. Shit. It's coping yeah. shit. It's coping. I hate when people There's talk literally- about it. I hate seeing Sorry, like, going I hate seeing college friends and high school friends and all they talk about is like college or high school. I'm like, hate that shit. I'm like, yo, don't, haven't you like done interesting shit since then? You mm-hmm. know, but the problem is that nobody has. Nostalgia is a really interesting thing. I've actually, I'm, I'm like in the process of writing an essay about how supermarkets like cater to our, um, kind of like uh desires to like for origin because like nostalgia mm. represents like going back to a time where things seem to have an origin like we're always very mm. interested like that's why like the trad stuff became really popular because um you know people want to like go back to a time where you know you knew where you know your food was coming from and you knew which place made your clothes and stuff but like mm-hmm. the problem is that um the nostalgia that we have for things like cartoons and stuff and like there wasn't really an origin there anyway, so it's almost yes. like a fake. Yes, empire. it's manufactured. It's like capital has run through everything that used to be good or anything that anyone loves actually, and it's run through and hollowed out all of that bullshit, and and it's destroyed it to where it's, there's now a distance between that that and what is actually now reality. So there's only memories of this thing, and so what they do is they can then sell you back <laughs> nostalgia in the form of like like these hyper realized. Uh, like very romanticized visions of a past that you never even fucking had, but you're so removed from it that you can't even remember the fact that that shit was miserable back then as well. Yes, bro. Yes. Yo, it's like that meme. Somebody showed me like uh, that depressed Wojak and it's like 2015, 2016, 2017, just miserable. And then the last four years has like a thought bubble 
of like the last four years was like oh yeah i was happy it's like the happy mm-hmm. uh, yes, rumor. It's like no you weren't you were not fucking happy you were fucking like thing it's like the relative yeah, same thing like things are terrible now so like you'll look back fondly at like 2016 when things were bad and you're like oh my god that was amazing like we're so inured to everything being so fucking demoralizing that we look back at things that weren't even good and desire to go back to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> you're broken. Your buck is broken. Like <laughs> that's why the return to tradition thing gets funnier and funnier when it's just like return to like uh, return to Obama. When, you know, like what, okay, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, like a like reasonable. It's a, was, <laughs> it's an understandable reaction though, because like the global like neoliberal regime is going through and it's ripping all these things up and it's like deciding everything. So like people no longer have the things and places and people that root them to the reality around them. So the only thing that they have actually are these visions and these symbols and these things that they're being sold. And so there's a lot, like a very strong human instinct and drive to want to go back to like a site, like a general sense of site fundamentalism, where you want to have those places and those things and you want to be attached to them directly. And uh, there's really hate people for it. No, of course not. You just, you just have to realize that like, we there's a you got to find some sort of happy medium in, in a way to incorporate that into this like very destructured uh, reality that we're existing in now. You can't just like hard turn right back to it. A bunch of that stuff well, is already gone. Definitely. I mean, that's what uh, that's basically what I've like come to realize about the vaporwave roidoids. Yes, is that like their whole <laughs> thing is like advocating for the same system minus like 50 years, which is like pure, like I, it made me realize that a lot of that shit is just as like hopelessly idealist as like, of the course. Whole, as like, yeah. Like yep. as like a DSA meeting, yep. like because these guys are ad, they'll, they'll bitch about fucking trans ideology and active, but that shit is just like the same system they want given the contradictions that it faces now. Mm-hmm. But those contradictions can't be like, rewind it or rectify yep. by going backwards it was always going to get here exactly like this, you know this is like yeah. the natural evolution of a capitalist society yep, yep. so it's they like wanna repeat the, they want to repeat the steps and it's like dude yeah. where, where are you where are you going to end up you're going to end They're up like, back I have here a again. great idea we're gonna we're gonna bring a factory back down and <laughs> fucking you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna organize for 50 years and we're gonna get one factory for 400 <laughs> jobs it's like shut yeah, yeah. the Fuck up. <laughs> so I got I got a I got a question about this whole thing with like we gotta move on from the past or whatever. Um I feel like part of that is that like cultural production is such a huge industry rather than like producing things and like living mm-hmm. in reality. Uh mm-hmm. like I, I feel like part of the the thing people have to be feeling at this point is like I mean obviously like we're saying uh or i think at least two or three of us are saying like uh we want something new we don't want to just rehash the same things but also at the same time i like i just like don't want new things to be made like i don't want people making new things i'm like i'm happy with what there is right now so i mean this goes back to where i opened with uh anime where it's like we don't need new anime like there doesn't need to be new card because like like all the different genres uh like science fiction or uh westerns or fantasy like there there's a great masterwork in all of those uh and like we cover all the different types of human experiences with those like you don't need to you don't need to make new stuff um i feel like that's go ahead sorry well like I, i mean like we like we are we are like stuck uh, culturally still, mm-hmm. I feel like 
so like what new things, what new alienations are going to be expressed in new works of art? Like there's not going to be anything new. But we like, need, well, we don't need some, it's like, if we can rephrase it, it's not so much like we need new things. We, but we do need, new. yeah, but we do need culture that reflects the reality of the society that we're in and doesn't further mystify that mm-hmm. reality yep so mm-hmm. i don't yep. want to see another 10 fucking movies this year that are about how uh blm is fucking great and racism 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 i would love like a you know i talk about this sometimes because i have like a couple uh friends who are like black dudes and like totally and painters but they both like hate blm and think it's bullshit and i'm like well say that Say that in your work. You know, that'd be like a really important thing to say, but they are still afraid to take that step. But if art isn't, art does have like a historic function of demystifying ideology. And, you know, this is kind of like, like my main thing against Mark Fisher, for instance, is I do think he was a pretty good cultural theorist, but I, do, I think he kind of overinflated like, oh, cultural depression, we can't imagine I think the average person working 45 hours a week making shit money can imagine a better life for themselves where they don't have to do that. I think I think where we're stuck is there's like this huge sort of propaganda mechanism that doesn't allow us to actually say what's wrong. Or oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We don't have the like the language a lot of us don't have the language to articulate it in the first place. So like you could hold a vision possibly of a better future, but there's like it's hard to even imagine or articulate material steps to get from here to there. There's such yeah. a chasm in between the two. Because mm-hmm. of the fact that it's like actual real materially existing reality and material conditions are so mystified that it keeps everyone very like unable to even get down to the nitty gritty uh, in the first place. So even if you do have a vision for a, an altered, better uh, reality for yourself or future, um, which most people don't because most people don't even believe in a future or don't believe in anything at all. There's so many people that just take on the nihilistic approach of just like, oh, this is it. Uh, you know, nothing really matters. There's just a great nothing. And there's all this, it's all futile. That's such a strong push uh, in our culture today, especially among young people um, that yeah. it, that creates such an atmosphere where it's hard to imagine a new future. I, I, I agree that people can say that they're, they know there is something different that they should be existing right. and experiencing, but it's hard for them to articulate it in the first place because they're not given the proper language and uh, devices and even analysis to be able to demystify what's going on around them. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking like, cause Hobbes, I think of the five of us, I think is probably the most like tr- trad leaning, like, no, no, I no was going to ask you I mean, about this too. Everybody always says that I'm trad and I'm like, I'm not trad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're trad, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like on a spectrum, I'm you're saying like, you're, yeah, the five of us. you're like a throwback. Oh, yeah, well, I, I I figured that you would you would have like a pushback about that nostalgia thing, and I mean I agree with you. Like, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, no no idea is truly original, so nothing's really gonna be that new. But I mean, I do. You I mean I do feel like we're in a rut? You know what I mean? Like maybe 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 you feel like we don't need anything new, but like yeah, I mean we, I feel we're like there's a weird the, rut. There's there's a deluge of shit being made. Is kind of mm-hmm. my opinion like the, i yes, don't know yes, like i I'm, sure. I'm like in terms of movies like i'll watch one like between one to five new movies a year maybe right um and then the otherwise like I'll, I'll like rewatch one of my like favorite classics um 
Like it's, I mean, like new releases, right? Like I'll go to the theater between one and five times a year, like, and it's usually closer one to two uh, because it's just like there's nothing new that's coming out that's interesting. It's all like superhero crap. It's all some like you see the trailer and you know exactly what sort of didactic um uh passionate about social justice woman writer made this yeah it's not really Um, new though it's just quantity it's not uh it's not really yeah but i'm like if if i want to if i want to see like the same story again uh like like the better way for me to experience the same story again would be just like watching or reading an older version of it the source uh, material it. yeah like reading the source material and talking with somebody about it right like having a discussion about it will give me more new insight compared to uh some like really half-assed i mean not half-assed but really mediocre sort of midwit uh like middling interpretation of it right and if there's some new exceedingly good interpretation of some sort of source material or like original or, or some story uh, or some sort of concept uh, in in you know an art film or something, then that's something I'd actually be interested in. Uh, and I like hope that people who recommend movies to me understand that, and a lot of them do because they like know my taste. Um, but you know, like I don't see this idea of like oh, we need we need new pieces of culture, or, like uh, uh, that we need to even be made like that like art needs to be made for the current day. It like. I don't know. I, I go back to like the Bible or like uh, the Iliad or uh, yeah, nothing you know, wrong honestly, with like, that. Yeah, but like these things, these things like still hold today. Like they still mm-hmm. make sense today. And uh, you can have things that are sort of a remake of them for the modern day, right? Like you can have the sort of cunning hero's journey of Odysseus remade for the modern day. Uh, in honestly, almost. Like it's sort of like a, a inverse version, but like Forrest Gump may, like works as a piece of uh, film, as like a film, because it's essentially you take the sort of Odysseus like multiple trials of like a mortal man, but rather than him being cunning and overcoming them, it's like he's so dumb he overcomes them, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, where it's like kind of turning it on its head, and like it kind of makes sense for the modern day, where it's like Odysseus's world is like way more simple because there's like the gods and a couple of mystical beasts and there's a few islands and like he knows where he is the world is small and then Forrest Gump is plunged into a world that's you know orders of magnitude larger and there's like so many more people and forces acting on him and it's just Mm -hmm. like the only way you can survive in this world is just like you don't care you just have to not care if you tell yourself it doesn't matter then you're gonna be fine right um I don't know. Like, I, I'm like, I'm trying to grasp at some sort of idea here. I don't know if anybody is. No, picking I think, up I, think I think, the, I think something you're talking about, like of the of the new things that like are sucking or whatever, is like when they do these like reboots and they like try to make it woke. Like, all right, what if we do this old show? But no, like, not even it's that though. Cast or, like, it's, it's just like in terms of just like the production of art. Like, I like I don't know because I I started out uh, in art school uh in college and i was like in I, like i was in arts programs when i was uh younger and it's like no nobody was like making nobody was and like when people are making new stuff like uh like when kids are making new stuff a lot of time, it's like it's crap and like most of it's going to be crap and it's like it doesn't need to be preserved like we don't need records of this it should just be like you play music live or you do a live performance mm-hmm. of like some old play that somebody else wrote you don't need to write your own plays right uh, and it can just disappear into the ether, right? You don't need, and yeah. everything is just recorded now. Everything is uh, trying to be published. Mm-hmm. Everything is 
I don't know. I'm. I think that, that I, I'm, feeds I'm being in, a downer at this point. But that feeds into a little bit of what I was talking about earlier, though, with like the cult of authenticity, where like no yeah. one wants to do a thing that's already been done, right? So they pressure themselves yeah, to make exactly. this thing that's truly representative of their subjective experience, which ultimately ends up just being some cheap bullshit uh, because it's just trying to like rearticulate an objective truth that's that's already been spoken to in a way that's perfectly fine. Um, and so I. I think that like, I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's a lot of like, I think that a good piece of art um, and a good piece of, you know, literature or whatever that has, it has a cultural power, it has a moving power to move people beyond, uh, you know, where they're at now to draw some sort of uh, communal sense with like the world around them, maybe reaching out to the divine, maybe reaching out to collective consciousness, something like that. And we're very separated from any type of semblance of that now. Um, so Except for now me, I'm really changing good. the fucking game. There we go. There we go, Adam. That's what we need. <laughs> I mean, you have to look at Twitter as kind of um, like artists or a group of artists trying to like create their own culture, sort of. Like, I mean, even look at what you guys are doing with the Fed Post. It's that's that's like independent that's a, cultural production. One hundred percent. That's like actually meaningful to people. Like, I, I tweeted something kind of callous maybe about how the other day like i i rethought it and i was like eh, i don't know how i feel about that idea but i th- i, I kind of laughed at people who sort of like um use catchphrases and kind of model ideas off things they heard on podcasts in the same way they do it with tv shows but then i thought about it and i was like well what's better like that's i think that's cool actually to be able to produce your own kind of like to create your own shit and have people um, to have like actual fans and accolades like that. Before I jump off, the one thing I always recommend people these days is uh, the the best writer currently working is this Scottish guy who lives in Southeast Asia. His name is New Joich, N E W Joich, J U C H E. He prints his books on very small presses, um, but Jesus Christ, this guy is amazing. It's a little edgy and transgressive, but it's it's not like just edgelord nonsense. It's got real sort of philosophical rigor. He collapses the distance between fiction, autofiction, philosophy, art criticism. It all sort of happens. He switches his voice uh, numerous times throughout the writing. He just published a book called The Worm, which is a literary exploration of the mesmerism of Adolf Hitler's voice that ends with a 45-minute fictional conversation about art and aesthetics between him and Hitler. It's fucking dope. Damn. Nice. And you you want to plug uh, – you, you had a book coming out, too. You want to plug that, too? Oh, sure. Thanks, man. Um, yes, I have my first collection of – fiction slash theory fiction it's called communions it will be out september 30th on hyperidine press um it's a literary exploration of art and literary history and opiate addiction every chapter is me fictionalizing the life of a famous dead writer artist and junkie and um so every single chapter, I switch my voice into the into the voice of someone who I admire or read or look at the work of or whatever. Mm. Um, September 30th, it'll be available in stores online. And uh, nice. if you're my homie, you can just message me and I'll make sure I get you a copy. Nice, nice. And that, yeah, your System of Systems pod for everybody who doesn't System know. System of and- Systems pod and safetypropaganda.substack. 
Nice, nice. Free safety yeah. propaganda. It's good. Thanks, bro. <laughs> hey, guy, you wanna you wanna drop a handle and and uh, plug anything? Sure. Um, well, I'm at Sweet Egg Person on on Twitter. And actually, I guess the most recent thing I wrote was for Adam for um. Oh yeah. Safety propaganda. Yes. Um, what was that about? Was in I wrote about um. It was about a lot of things, I guess. Just uh, I wrote about like the bleak sort of hopelessness of um the kind of disappearing dream of like comfort within a sort of modernity. I don't know if that makes any sense. I I, I kind of jumped from from idea to idea. I talked about a movie and about how like basically in our in modern society like there's nothing really to live for but we cling desperately to life because of that um mm-hmm. and then from there i just went off on a bunch of topics but actually i had a i was supposed to have an article come out in current affairs under my real name but oh, for real <laughs> but current affairs you know what happened i don't know um it was just <laughs> so it was like really funny because i was like i was it was a cultural essay i pitched like a year and a half ago and they got back to me and they're like oh do you want to publish it i was like sure so I might just release it um, as the egg in a couple of weeks, like if it's not nice. getting published. Nice, very cool, dude. nice. Cut out, box out the uh, Nathan J. Robinson fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, I still I still write essays on my medium. So if people want to look at those, it's in my. Thank you. Thanks, hey, buddy. There we go. Yes, you like read, the most read, read the Fed Post crew. They are good. I can't. <laughs> yeah, confirm. maybe. W- what about you, House? What uh, I yeah, am currently we'll tell tweeting. Tell and the and the and anything you want to plug. Uh, I am Hobbs posting. I have nothing to plug. Um, all I have to plug is uh, go to church, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you going you to finally uh, end your horny posting online? Are you going to are you going to walk pastor. in the light of the Lord? Um, plugging and church, the church followers, and they demand it. And who am I to? <laughs> Um, no, everybody, everybody <sighs> should try and be uh, horny in a holy way. Go read the Song of Solomon, everybody. Hell yeah. We check in, tap in with uh, some hentai, plug some hentai. Don't even go near the hentai. Put the no, cartoons the I down. Um, I got to plug in. Pick up I reality. Plug in a new light on my truck. Uh, hey. The brake light's broken. Lindy. It's very Lindy. Take a Lindy walk outside. Uh, yeah, people, yeah. Should, Lindy uh, people should just listen to and read the things by these other guys because they actually publish stuff and I never publish anything. So, hey, uh, yeah, it was great nice. to be on here. I've been on in a, a show in like a year. Yeah, yeah. Hell for yeah. Sure, hey, for yeah. sure. I always love Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was thanks, great catching thanks, up thanks, with all I, I, I hit you guys like literally this morning. So thanks for coming in. Like Slav was out. So as much appreciate. Adam, thanks for coming on. Thanks for getting us off of the usual topics we don't you know we talk about covid i have a list of things not to talk about don't talk about covid don't talk about china don't talk about fucking afghanistan so this is this is this is good this is much appreciated good break for blame i got you appreciate it all right thanks fellas thanks again we'll have you guys on again for another time for sure. all right man sounds good talk to you guys soon all right guys all right, good, night. Peace. Have a good night peace